about eight years ago, give or take. I recall, you know, being on the computer, reading, etc., and thinking to myself, things seem to be getting blurry. My eyes seem to be straining a little. Nah, it's not that. And then it kept happening, and it kept happening, and it kept happening. And I kept denying the truth of what was happening to my eyesight until I just gave up. And I finally relented that I am now officially old. (laughs) At 45 or whatever it was. And so it began, this is what happens. It's all downhill from here. It's just the the steep dive into old age. My eyes are going. But I finally faced the truth of (laughs) what was happening and reading glasses, here, here we come. And now, this is not an exaggeration. I do exaggerate, this is not an exaggeration. In the house, within three feet of any particular place that I sit, everywhere in the house is a pair of reading glasses because I have bought about 15 pairs and they are all, and it's not a big house, they're all over. But I'm now that guy at the restaurant doing this with my niece, nieces and nephew making fun of me because, you know, they don't provide for reading glasses in the, in the restaurant. But I had to confront the truth of it. That's my point. For a while, I didn't want to face it. I didn't want to face the fact that, you know, a pathology was set, setting in, you know, with my eyesight. It's pretty universal that, uh, you know, that eyesight is degenerative and we're all going to be in that place. I didn't want to face it. And then finally, when I faced it, then I could apply the cure or perhaps not the cure, but I, I could learn how to thrive once more. I could, you know, learn how to, or I could read now once more. This is one of the problems we have today in the world, in culture, is that we lie to one another about what's really happening. We lie to one another to make each other feel better. And we think that if we deny the truth of things, ourselves and others, that we won't harm other people, we won't hurt their feelings, that in some way we're preserving them from more suffering. So you would say to me, you know, trying to read the computer screen, yeah, you know, John, it's, it's not, don't worry, it's not your eyes, you're just, you're just other-sighted now. <laughs> you're not, you know, losing your eyesight, you're just other-sighted. It's just a different way of being sighted. That's not going to make me feel better at all because it's not true. And I can't, I just can't live in that space. I can't live in a space where I'm being lied to. I just, I can't confront reality that I believe has truth and have people lie to me about what's really going on. But this is the culture we live in. We lie to one another. We call pathology healthy. We call you know, serious defects, normal, and they're not at all. 
And we do it over and over and over. You can extrapolate into all kinds of different situations. We do it all the time. You know, the blind man who came to Jesus and said, I, you know, heal me. What do you want? I want to see. Jesus didn't say, oh, don't worry. No, you're just other-sighted now. No, he healed him because there was a defect and the defect prevented him from thriving as a human being, prevented him from you know, being able to work, being able to care for his family, be, being able to be in relationship even. Or the, the man with leprosy, right? We just had that last week. No, no, don't worry about it. Your disease is just normal. You just, you just need to, to see it as, as giftedness. It's not. It's illness. It's pathology. And the only way for that man to thrive once more was to be healed. You see, we have a God who believes, obviously, in truth, which is objective and independent of, of the person. People don't create truth. And yet that's what our culture says, that everybody has their own truth, which, by the way, is completely contradictory and incomprehensible. And we wonder why people today have so many more problems, it seems, which are serious and real. One of the reasons is because we're lying to them about what's wrong. We have to confront the truth about ourselves. We have a God who believes in illness. We have a God who believes in pathology. We have a God who believes in Satan. He created him. We have a God who believes in hell. All of these things are real and true and more. And what keeps us back, particularly spiritually, is facing the truth about ourselves. So as, as we begin Lent, the first Sunday of Lent, I want to frame our Lenten observance in, in two ways. First, the, the most important thing is just truth itself, confronting the truth about ourselves. We have to be willing to look at ourselves. What, what's really going on inside of me? What is my relationship with God? What is it in truth? What is it really? Is it, is it not good? Does it need to be better? Does, I mean, we'll, all, we'll always say that, but where am I really at? Am I committing sin or not? If we're committing sin, we have to confront that and look at it soberly and face it. Walking, you know, throughout life, Never confronting the truth is such a missed opportunity. I'll explain why. But we have a God who became man, Jesus Christ, and died on the cross because he believed we were ill. He said it. I have come for those in need of a physician. Those who are well don't need me, the sick do. We have a God who believes that there was something about us that was sick, and namely, sin. That's the truth of things. And he died on the cross because of it, to redeem us. If it's not true, if our sinfulness isn't true, if it's not a reality, then this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous for God to die on the cross for nothing, it's a, it's a complete overreach, unnecessary. But for God to die on the cross 
for him to give up his life for all of humanity says that God takes it very seriously and believes that it's absolutely true. And so should we. So the first thing I'd like us to do is not be afraid of the truth about ourselves. Just don't be afraid of it. It is, what, it is whatever it is. If we're far away from God, fine. Call it what it is. If we're getting closer, if we're working on it, great. That's what it is. Just call a spade a spade. We need to be honest with ourselves. That's where spiritual development can actually happen, right? If you're, if you're not good at something and if you want to become better at something, you first have to confront the fact that you're not good at it. Rocky too. If I, if I remember right, Rocky too, right? He lost the first fight. He was a brawler, great right hand, powerful right hand, couldn't use his left. Apollo Creed was a better fighter, all right? He could outmaneuver him. So what did they do? They taught Rocky how to fight with his left hand. His weakness became a strength which allowed him to win the next fight. I had such great morals in Rocky movies. <laughs> great lessons. But you know, it is a great lesson because this is what God wants to do. So it's not just about recognizing the truth of ourselves, whether that's, you know, sin or even pathology or things we're struggling with. There are people who are struggling with very serious, real things, depression and anxiety and fears and sufferings. This is real stuff, sobering things. This is what God wants to do with all of it. The sin, the, uh, the sufferings, the pathologies, whatever you want to call them. What God wants to do is the same with all of it. He wants to take that weakness and make it a strength. What he wants to do is take the thing that you think is, you know, the, the biggest thing that's wrong with you. And he wants to turn that around. He wants to redeem that and make it something that becomes a trophy, that becomes a victory. That's what he does over and over and over. And I can testify in my own life, this is true. It's absolutely true. And I can testify for other people that the thing they thought made them weakest when they gave it to God, when they faced the truth of it, didn't lie to themselves, and they invited God into it, he made it a strength. He made it a victory. So all of you who feel overcome, all of you who feel like it sometimes is too much, all of you who wonder, like, can I ever get past this thing? You can. But first, you must face the truth of it. Then you must invite God in and those other people who can help us. And we invite them in. And then we say to the Lord, Lord, I desire that you transform this from a suffering to a victory, and he will do it. He will absolutely do it. This is what Paul says. In my weakness, then I am strong, because it's Christ who lives through me. So that's the first thing, framing Lent, truth about ourselves. The second thing is this, and it's, it's perhaps more of a corollary. It's a shorter point. When we're looking at our sinfulness, we should feel guilty if we have done things wrong. There should be an appropriate amount of guilt for having done 
bad things or having committed sin. However, that's to be made distinct from shame. It's one thing to say, I did something wrong. I feel bad about it. I'm going to seek forgiveness and then be forgiven and make amends. That's appropriate. What is not good for us is to say, I did something wrong and I am bad because of it. This is profoundly unhealthy. Shame has no real place within spiritual development. Shame says, I'm bad, I am a, I'm a terrible person. Guilt says, I did something wrong and I need to fix it. This is why I approach uh, talking about confession in the way I do, which you know, I talk about it like taking out the garbage because the sin isn't you. It's a decision you made. We make these decisions. We make mistakes. We have a God who will always forgive us if we ask. Our sins don't have to define us and we do not need to, nor should we, start to create a shame mechanism around it. Like I'm, I'm bad or, or, or there's, there's something profoundly wrong with me. God does not create junk. He cannot, by definition, create junk. God creates and it is called good because that's all that can flow from God is goodness. So we are all inherently good. That doesn't mean we don't sin. But in our being, we are good. And the Lord is calling us up, moving us up, right? To receive, to live in that goodness more and more, to get rid of the sinfulness, to get rid of the guilt, to make amends, to be forgiven and move forward. And it begins with being honest about who we are. Please stand.